So we're starting a new series today that we're calling I've Been Meaning to Ask. And the intent behind this series is to, to help us build connections through courageous conversations. This last year has been incredibly unique and in a difficult time in our nation and in our world. You think about what we have endured, uh, the perfect storm, you might say, of, of a pandemic that, that essentially changed the way in which we live. It caused us to be isolated and disconnected from one another. It's also been a time of, of civil unrest, calling us to look at the divisions that are caused by racism in our culture. And there was also a divisive election cycle. And all of this combined contributed to the, to the division that we feel, the isolation, the disconnection that so many of us are experiencing. I was having a conversation with someone a few months ago who said essentially that during the pandemic, she said, I've experienced this general sense of, of feeling pulled apart, like my relationships were slowly, almost inexplicably being ripped apart at the seams. With all that was going on, she said, people I loved and respected for my whole life have become, become almost like strangers to me. And conversations that were once simple have now become like walking through a minefield. It's like we've lost sight of the nuance and the complexity of our neighbors and even those that are closest to us. We cling to labels and assumptions, she says, all too often we put up walls between us. So for the next few weeks, it's going to be all about building and repairing community, about inviting us to listen to one another, finding connection, creating space for, for compassionate dialogue, and, and seeking the holy in each other. In this series, we'll be looking at four guiding questions that will lead us deeper into the heart of the matter, and hopefully deeper into a connection with God and with each other. My hope is that this series will help disrupt some of our assumptions, It'll help us cultivate curiosity to foster a sense of listening and God willing to help us find deeper connections with each other. While the challenges of becoming beloved community to one another are endless, these questions are simple. Because all courageous conversations begin with simple questions and the invitation to curiosity to simply listen and learn. The first question that we'll be talking about today is, so where are you from? The text that we're about to listen to is from the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. And we'll be looking at the second of two creation stories. This one, part of the larger story of the, the Garden of Eden. As in the first account of creation, the, the world comes into existence according to divine initiative and design. But there are some significant differences in this second account. The scene is limited to the garden. There's no indication of time. And the order of creation is different from the first account. Here, the first human being, Adam, is made before anything else. Adam, as you'll hear, is created from Adamah, the Hebrew word for earth, for ground, for dirt. God forms Adam from the dust of the ground and then breathes life into him. God in this story seems more immediate, 
more personal, planting and shaping with God's own hands rather than simply commanding from a distance. So I invite you to listen now to this text from Genesis chapter 2. Today's scripture reading is found in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verses 4 through 15. Here begins the reading. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. Here ends the reading. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So someone pointed out recently that that in some ways, Lin-Manuel Miranda's music has been sort of the soundtrack for both of these summers of pandemic. It was this very weekend last year, the 4th of July weekend, that everyone who had been unable to see on Broadway the great show Hamilton, as well as those of us who had seen it but but couldn't get enough of it, we all gathered around our TVs to watch the filmed version on Disney+. Plus. This summer, In the Heights, which was Miranda's first Broadway musical, is being marketed as the reason to return to the movie theaters. It's also streaming on HBO Max for those of us that are not quite ready to enter a crowded theater just yet. In the Heights doesn't carry quite the weight of the American Revolution on its shoulders as Hamilton did. Instead, it occupies both literally and symbolically much smaller terrain. Just a few city blocks in the Washington Heights neighborhood of Manhattan, where Miranda, whose whose parents immigrated here from Puerto Rico, where he grew up. But yet, over the course of the movie, the small confines of, of those blocks expand to hold the capacious dreams of Usnavi, the first-generation Dominican immigrant, and his childhood friends as, as they navigate their relationship to a neighborhood that is quickly gentrifying. This movie is ultimately, ultimately about where they came from, about where they're going, where they belong. And like all good art does, it invites us to consider those very same questions for ourselves. Last week, my wife Kelly and I got away for a few days of vacation in Arizona. Now, I know that a lot of people in Texas go to Colorado to escape the heat during the summer, 
but not us. We jump out of the frying pan and directly into the fire. It, it makes us tougher, helps us acclimate, it makes us appreciate the humidity. While we were there, someone asked us where we were from. And Kelly and I kind of looked at each other and admitted that we don't always know how to answer that question. We live proudly in Fort Worth, Texas, but we were both born and raised in the Bay Area of California. We still have family there, but we live here. So where are we from? Those of you who have been born and raised in the same zip code may never wrestle with that. But for many of us, it can be a, a loaded question of sorts, or at least one that requires a little bit further explanation and conversation. I say a loaded question because I'm somewhat aware that despite my being a graduate of TCU, being named after a, a local legend, Red Stegall, who was my dad's college roommate, the fact that, that both of my parents were raised in Texas, the fact that I'm originally from California makes me, at least to some, somewhat suspect, if not an outsider. I think of that. I feel that every time I see a bumper sticker on the back of a pickup that says, don't California my Texas. Now look, I, I get it. There are a lot of people moving here from California. I, I, I met someone a few months ago at a winery outside of Austin, and I told him that I had moved not too long ago from California. And he said with a sarcastic snide, oh, you're the one. Dr. Raj Nadella teaches New Testament at Columbia Seminary, where I got my doctorate. Now, he's originally from India, but, but came to the United States more than 20 years ago. But because of his name, because of the color of his skin, because of his accent, he gets asked quite often where he's from. He admits that when he's asked that question, his immediate instinct is to, to respond with a question of his own. Where are you coming from with that question? He says he's always curious about why someone might be curious about him. Are they asking in order to connect with him on a, on a deeper level? Or, as he says, are they trying to treat me as an outsider? Are they going to use that information to build common mutual spaces? Or, or will they use it, he asks, to exclude me, to try and fit me in a box? You see, why we ask these questions is always important. How we ask them is just as important. You see, the English word curiosity has the, the connotation of, of nosiness, almost an intrusiveness. But the Latin word curiosus, it means diligence, careful. In a related Latin word, cura means care. Curiosity is about asking questions with care, with diligence. You see, when we ask questions of other people with the care and the respect for that person and for the relationship, we can end up learning a great deal about them. But equally, if not more importantly, we often sometimes unlearn some of the assumptions that we have had about them going in. In John's Gospel, early in the story, Jesus is calling his disciples in one of them, Philip, as he begins to follow Jesus, is so excited to be able to introduce him to his friend Nathaniel. 
And finally, they gather together in the same place, and he makes the introduction. He says, this, this is Jesus of Nazareth. But Nathaniel's immediate reaction, his simple response is this, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip simply says, well, come and see. And Nathaniel did. And as he spent time with Jesus, as he spent time with Jesus, he was amazed by what he learned about Jesus and Nazareth. But he was also blown away by what he had unlearned about Jesus and Nazareth. You see, curiosity is about being willing to learn and to unlearn, about engaging the other with respect and care, with a heart for the relationship. Nicole Chung has written a book called All You Can Ever Know. It's a fascinating memoir about learning the story of her own adoption. From early childhood, she heard the story of her adoption as a comforting, if not a a, a prepackaged myth. She had been told and she believed that her Korean birth parents had made the ultimate sacrifice in hopes of giving her a better life. And that forever feeling slightly out of place was simply her fate as an Asian girl being raised by white parents. Parents that loved her to the ends of the earth. But as she grew up, she wondered if the story that she'd been told was the whole truth. And over time, and eventually meeting her birth parents, who had told other family members that she had died at birth, she learned some of the family secrets. But despite that, she never did get an answer to her greatest life question, which essentially is, where do I belong? And some, like her, may never know. They may never feel like they belong. For many, this is not an easy place to live, outside of certainty, outside of knowing outside of the truth. But blessed are those who who realize that even there, that even there outside, love and beauty and courage and meaning can still be found. This week, the world lost an amazing man, an amazing scholar, an amazing teacher. Dr. Ron Flowers was an active, faithful member of this congregation for over 50 years. And he taught the Seekers Sunday School class for for as long as anyone can remember. Dr. Flowers was not only a beloved member of UCC, but he served on the TCU faculty in the religion department since 1966. His area of expertise was the relationship, more importantly, the separation of church and state. His specialty was freedom of religion that is promised in the Constitution. He literally wrote the book on this. The book is entitled Toward Benevolent Neutrality, Church, State, and the Supreme Court, which had been written in five editions over the years. This week, we celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence, especially the part that reads, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
You see, this is an important part of our story, the story of our nation, and should also serve as a reminder to all of us that our work is never done, that we must continue to work to ensure that these rights indeed are available with liberty and justice for all. I've been wondering this last week how the first Adam might have responded to the question, where are you from? Obviously, Adam is from the ground. And like him, as we acknowledge every year on Ash Wednesday, from dust we all came. And to dust we all shall return. You see, we are, each of us, unique each of us created in the image of God, each of us God's beloved, each of us loved individually as if we were the only ones on earth to be loved. We're each formed from the dust in God's very breath in the Garden of Eden. We have a common home, a shared birthplace, a collective calling to, to sustain and to care for all of creation. You see, every one of us has a story to tell. And sometimes, oftentimes, our stories are messy and beautiful. They are painful and hopeful. They are being written and rewritten over time. Dr. Nadella, who I talked about earlier, when asked where he is from, often responds, I'm from many places. Because he recognizes that each of the places that he has lived, each of them have stories and experiences. And those stories and those experiences, they have shaped him. They've made him who he is. He is the sum of all of those stories, of all of those experiences, and they cannot be reduced to any one of them. You see, in order to build the connection that we all crave, to enjoy the trust that we all deserve, we need to, to listen to each other's stories and experiences to learn who and what has shaped us, because then and only then, once we know and are fully known, will we see the sacred and the holy in everyone around us. So what about you? Where are you from? I'm curious to know.